0: Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion. Hello there indeed, Star Wars fans. And welcome back to another week and another episode of Spark of Rebellion. This is episode 77. Hope you guys are all keeping well and safe. As the old Covid still rumbles along which is a bit meh get that get that but we're here for you guys we're here to uh, hopefully provide a little bit of relief and a bit of uh, a bit of escape from all the crap all the crappiness that's going on my name's gary your host it's going to be me flying solo for another week mark is still busy getting literally getting his house in order he moved in recently i think he's happy little thing with that his little face is all happy and and all that, but yeah, as you all know, anyone that's moved house will know. Lots to do, lots to sort out, so he's going to be busy this week. So I'm tinkering with the Falcon myself. That sounds dodgy, doesn't it? Tinkering with you, I'm tinkering with the Falcon solo this week. But yes, yeah, so I hope you've all had a good one. Since last week, it was good to uh, for me to get some stuff off my chest <laughs> around what was going on with the old broom boy. And the rumours are kicking around that uh, Disney are working on a solo film for Ray, and it's going to include Broom Boy and all that jazz. And So yeah, go and check it out from last week. Got some other bits on there as well about the Mandalorian and whatnot. That was 76. Coming up in this week's show, we got some news around Lego bits and pieces that are going to support the Lego game, the Skywalker saga, next year. Uh, a leak for the Mandalorian Season 2 which apparently isn't a leak, which is a real thing, but there we go. Well, you can make your own minds up about that. And then some news about the High Republic. So another short show, not gonna be very long this week. Gonna rattle through some bits and pieces. Oh, and some bits on Star Wars Squadrons as well. We've got a load of reviews coming now from all of the uh, different media outlets and uh, video game journalist websites and all that jazz. So I'm gonna rattle through a few of those. Uh, but before I do, as always remember to subscribe to our show whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on just do a search for spark of rebellion you'll find us on there or head over to our website if listening online on your computer is your thing get over to uh, sparkofrebellion.com. dot you can find all of our shows over there plus there are links to the social accounts as well just head over there we'll do a search again for spark of rebellion we're on instagram twitter and facebook come and connect and like like us over there we chat star wars throughout the week and if you like the show here and you want to support us, we have a Patreon too. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. There's a bunch of tiers there. You can jump onto a dollar upwards, get yourself some SOR swag all the way up to producer credits. And thank you so much to our current patrons. Your guys' continued support is awesome. Thank you so much for all that. So with that being said, let's crack on. So Star Wars Squadrons, before I get on to the reviews that have come through, I must say... This game's not disappointing at the moment. At the moment, I must stress. At the moment. So I've sunk a few hours into this now. I'm almost done with the story campaign. Plus I've played a little bit of multiplayer as well. And uh, yeah, Motive have done a great a great job with this, I must say. We're, I had some concerns, as you guys know, if you listen back to the show over the past, or oh, I don't know, two to four months, I suppose, when we first started talking about it. I did say that one of my concerns was... Uh, Yeah, the multiplayer side of things is probably going to be good, but I think it's going to run out of content pretty quick, especially for the single-player stuff. And that seems to be the general vibe as well from a lot of these reviews and whatnot. So that's uh, my suspicions have been confirmed. Now, that's not to say that it's not a fun game, and it's absolutely worth the money as well. It's not one of these big other AAA games that have literally just launched, which are like uh, £60 here in the UK I'm assuming either $60 or $70 in the US and elsewhere. Uh, This is a fairly small scale affair so they've priced it you know relatively which is good so I think here in the UK it retails for about £35 but you can get it a little bit cheaper if you have a look around uh, for a deal. I got mine at cdkeys.com I managed to get it for £27 which is good but yeah you can find it on offer somewhere but yeah, so the single-player campaign, campaign, I'm really loving that so far. It's a great story. They've done a really good job with the overall story and the characters and whatnot. And the multiplayer, I've only dabbled with that a little bit. But that's pretty good so far. And it looks great, you know, visually. It's really good. And I, for what I understand, the people that have picked this up in VR, either on PC or PlayStation VR, it takes it to a whole new level. Like, apparently the VR is just top class for this. Like, imagine you can just, just playing it, with a controller, uh, it, it feels great anyway. But I can imagine on VR, it's very, very cool. So, if you have the opportunity to pick this up in VR, then do so. But otherwise, it's still a it's still a good game. It's just got that kind of you can just see the limited shelf life already. And from what we understand, I think there's been a few people that have tweeted EA and Motive and so on to say, "What's the deal with DLC? Are we going to get some more some more content?" But they've said, "Nope, there's no plans at the moment." Anyway. No plans at the moment for any DLC, so just bear that in mind. And some of the reviews, like I said, it's a common theme throughout a lot of these, and uh, they're all saying that it's a great game, really, really good Star Wars game. It's just in a nice little package. I think it's the best way to put it. It's a, it's a great Star Wars game, just wrapped up in a very small package. So just be aware of that. If you've not picked up Squadrons yet, and you're thinking of doing that, absolutely do it. It's priced really, really well for what it is. You will just—I mean—they've done some things to, to try and extend the playability and long it out a little bit. So they've got uh, challenges that are in there, and these last for ages, like the one that's on at the moment, which I think you get—I think you get like a uh, an X-wing, uh, a special edition X-wing pilot helmet for your for your pilot. But that's part of the sort of ongoing challenge number one. And that lasts for 53 days. And in order to complete that challenge, you have to do 20 daily challenges. And there are three of those, three or four every day, and it resets every day. So you have to bag those. So that's going to be done. I mean, I know a a couple of friends of mine have done that already. They did that really quick. So for them, where there's like 52, 53 days left of that challenge, there's literally nothing for them to do in terms of chasing Extra stuff, and it's kind of a little bit soft as well. It's a very soft uh, loot chase, I would say. Plain, uh, well, mainly because you're the pilot. You never really see your your character or your pilot unless you are in the customization screen, where you're in the uh, either the uh, X-wing, Rebellion, New Republic hangar, or if you're over in the Star Destroyer imperial hangar other than that you don't really interact with your pilot anyway and also the other customizations you can do like the paint job on your vehicle or inside the cockpit little bobbleheads heads and other little things that's all cool it's don't get me wrong it's a nice little touch and it's all good but uh, i don't know it just doesn't feel like people are going to be around long enough to start chasing these things properly so i would imagine at the end of these 52 days once this first challenge is done I would imagine the majority of players will have done the bulk of the other um, done the bulk of the other collectibles they've unlocked all of the uh, cockpit customizations paint jobs they've unlocked all of the pilot stuff and they're just twiddling their thumbs waiting for this challenge to reset so I'm hoping that motive do do something whether it's DLC or they start doing more regular updates for the the multiplayer I'm not sure but That's my view on it. Anyway, like I said, I'm just about to finish the story campaign and then I'm going to crack on with some more multiplayer. But so far, for what it is, it's very good. And then there's some reviews that have dropped from around the internet, some other websites. So PC Games N, they've come out with a 9 out of 10. Uh, They've put, if Star Wars Squadrons had simply been TIE Fighter with prettier skies to look at, it would have already been a winning proposition. And what it is is in fact a great looking, technically demanding Starfighter sim that provides a dynamic new spin on space dogfighting without any of the usual monetary cruft that accompanies like live service games today. So that's um PC PC Games N, they give it a nine out of ten. Game Informer gives it an eight point three. So Squadron single player may fizzle out frequently like a malfunctioning hyperdrive motivator. <laughs> Bant. From Game Informer, uh, they go on to say, "But the multiplayer continually impresses and is worth the price of entry alone. Flying in formation with a group of friends, put a smile on my put a smile on my face, and that was just the calm before the storm. When the lasers start flying, squadrons multiplayer can be nothing short of exhilarating, and a great test of skill, pushing players to be clever in the cockpit to outthink and maneuver opponents." So a pretty decent score from Game Informer. Uh, Video Games 24-7, they gave it a 4 out of 5. Squadrons feels more like the sum of its parts. Most importantly, it does exactly what it's set out to do and does it very well indeed. It's EA's smallest scale console, Star Wars title yet, but also its best. Fleet battles feel a lot long and sometimes listless and some will no doubt pine for a little more content. I personally would have liked to see a 20-player or more deathmatch mode but it's nevertheless difficult to really criticise such a tightly wound complete package. As such, it's an easy recommendation. Uh, IGN gives it an 8 out of 10. Squadron's single-player campaign missions are a feast for Star Wars fans' eyes and ears, especially in VR. Its engaging space combat is a great balance of approachable arcade control with the added nuance of simulation-like systems, which combine with astonishingly detailed ships and cockpits for the most authentic-feeling ride since LucasArts' legendary X-Wing and TIE Fighter games back in the 90s. So that's pretty cool. And then Upload VR, their review is in progress. But they go on to say that from what I've played so far, uh, Star Wars Squadrons has exceeded my already lofty expectations. It outperforms every other VR space combat game I've tried across the board for my tastes and offers a ton of nuance in its gameplay and immense entertainment with its full robust campaign mode. If you got a chance to try the brief but magical X-Wing VR mission in the first Dice Battlefront game on PS4 with PS virtual reality and wished it could have been made into a full game then this is exactly that and so much more. Uh, Polygon those guys have unscored it at the moment but they do say that Squadrons is the total package. If all you have if uh, all you have at your disposal is a console, a decent TV and a working controller, you're going to have a wonderful time. If you have a throttle, stick and rudder pedals, you're really in for a treat. And if you happen to be able to afford VR, you may never want to take the headset off again. Now that's very true. I didn't um, mention that before, but alongside the standard controller, Star Wars Squadrons is fully compatible with like proper flight simulator throttles and yokes and uh, rudder pedals and all that stuff. I did see one YouTube video uh, night before last, actually, of some dude rocking a really good um, I think he had built like a really good quite realistic um, uh, set up to play Microsoft Flight Simulator ended up putting Star Wars Squadrons in and everything that he had set up just worked pretty much perfectly with, with Squadrons and when you saw the gameplay with that obviously it was in VR but he had a decent setup anyway and with all those controls that did look very cool so I think the Holy Grail would be if you had a really beefy PC with all of the Flight Simulator throttle and and rudder pedals and everything set up. Plus, you had a VR headset as well. Then, crikey, that would be pretty good. But, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, PC Gamer. Their review is still in progress. They say, In the cockpit, though, this is probably the best a Star Wars flight game has ever felt. And multiplayer demands far more skill than the campaign. Which is especially exciting to me when I think about strategizing with a full five-player squad instead of AI teammates. Multiplayer also offers a deep pool of ship parts to unlock, changing everything from laser cannons to hull to engines that make them play quite differently. I have more flying to do before I give squadrons a score, but I'm eager to get back in the cockpit as soon as the servers come online. So I think, and this is just a handful of like the popular uh, websites. This was up by Gamespot.com, by the way. Um, but I know there's a few other... Um, gaming websites that are quite popular that also have rated this quite highly like Eurogamer, have given it a very good score the guys over at digital foundry they they really like it as well so overall and i know that i've got a couple of buddies that have kind of twiddled their thumbs a little bit i've got a couple of mates who i work with and uh, some other mates who are sort of i'm um in an R in i would say just go for it man just get it but just know that this is not going to be like a very long like a really long game-as-a-service thing that you would play for months or even years, like something like Destiny or like the Old Republic on the PC, that kind of thing. It's a kind of a contained experience, but I guess it's what you make of it. If you sort of string the multiplayer out a lot, you'll get some decent value out of it. So, so yeah, that was Star Wars Squadrons. Now, moving on to some little bits of LEGO news. The, I think it was about... Three or four weeks ago, Mark and I spoke about the upcoming Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, The Rise of Skywalker. I've got that on my brain. We were talking about Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga. When that lands next year, we spoke about the really cool cover art that was released and the special edition boxes and and the pre-order bonus and all that stuff. One of the things that caught our eye and what's quite popular with a lot of fans was if you pre-order, I think it's the deluxe edition. I think, uh, then you will be able to bag your little Luke, your little farm boy Luke minifigure with the blue milk, which looks pretty cool. The expression on the character's face is great as well. He's got a load of blue milk over his top lip and he's winking. He looks really, <laughs> it's a really cool little figure. But they've just released the poly bag uh, design for that and they've shown that off. So at least we know that's now properly official because you never know with these things so uh yeah so the bonus gift that's going to come with the skywalker saga if you want to get techie if you've got any lego geeks out there that uh, want to get techie with the code then it's code 30625 and the official name is luke skywalker with blue milk and it looks very very cool and like i said you get that when you pre-order the deluxe edition and you'll get the little poly bag in there which looks very cool uh, and then some more Lego news. Uh, this is a bit of a cryptic one, but it does look kind of cool. But the there was um, uh, an advert that went out on the Russian Lego Star Wars website, which announced this very cool looking Star Wars gift box, but nobody seems to know anything about it. So this was the other day. I think it's been taken down. But when it first went up, people took a bunch of screen grabs and and stuff like that. And it's essentially, it just says Star Wars gift box. And it's got Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren on one side of it. And on the top, it's got BB-8 and what looks like Tatooine and stuff like that. And the big Lego Star Wars logos and so on. But it's just a bit of a mystery. So they put this up. and And nobody knows what it is. So we don't know if it's one of those mystery boxes, blind box things, we don't know when it's going to be released, we don't know where it's going to be released, we don't know if it's a Russia, a Russian exclusive thing or if this is a a global thing that they just happen to put out uh, first, we don't know how much it is or anything like that, uh, however, uh, this could be cool because back in 2019 the, the main lego.com website uh, did those uh, a series of mystery boxes and they gave away, um, had like a bunch of poly bags in there with little figures and some other bits and pieces. Uh, And some exclusives as well that you wouldn't be able to pick up in the shop. So that was kind of cool. So we're not sure about this one. Um, So we'll keep you updated on on what's going to happen with that one. But as we approach Christmas, these are the sort of things that you need to be looking out for. If you've got any Star Wars fans in the family or if your other half is a Star Wars fan and you're thinking of stocking fillers or little bits and pieces like that, these are the little great little nuggets that will earn you some relationship points. Um, for Christmas so we'll keep you updated on that but this might be this might be kind of cool there we go Lego the Mandalorian season two we've had a supposed leak of some cast members now we spoke about this months ago so this was back when they were talking about loads of different people that were supposedly appearing in the Mandalorian season two and we we took some of it with a pinch of salt and other bits we thought okay yeah that could work so the 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 first one that was confirmed with the new trailer that landed that was sasha banks from the uh the wwe company she's been confirmed she's in the trailer so that's all good but two names that have been knocking around for ages that were kind of confirmed i suppose and uh But not officially confirmed, I think is the best way to put it. It's all been a bit loose from from Disney's end, really, and Lucasfilm. But uh, we knew that Rosario Dawson was going to be uh, cast as, or had been cast, as a Sarko Tano. And we also had word that um, uh, Timothy Oliphant was going to play something to do with Boba Fett. So... It's rumored that he's going to appear in Boba Fett's armor, but we're not sure if it is Boba Fett or we're not sure if he's survived the Sarlacc pit and then this is his, he's back or if it's an imposter. We're not sure. We just know that he's going to appear some shape or form in some kind of bounty hunter, Boba Fett style thing. But that's now been seemingly confirmed. Again, it's a bit weird from Lucasfilm. They haven't said, yep, these people are 100% confirmed as, as in it. But over on the. Uh, I think it's the Germany so the Disney Plus Germany their Instagram account they put out a new trailer and it actually says it reveals that Rosario Dawson and Timothy Olyphant will feature in the next season of The Mandalorian uh, which we all know starts very soon we're in October now so we've got about 20 days to wait it comes out on the 30th and uh, yeah so they're going to join Sasha Banks to beef up the cast a little bit so there's that Uh We now know that, yeah, Rosario Dawson is, we're 99% sure she's going to play Ahsoka Tano and then Oliphant will play something to do with Boba Fett. So there we go. Not from the mouths of Disney or Lucasfilm, but we know that uh, those guys are now going to be in it. Thanks to that little, uh, that little leaky video. I'm not sure if Lucasfilm planned these things or if this is just a happy accident. I don't know. But those two guys are are definitely in it Uh, now moving on to some news around the high republic Uh, this stuff is definitely ramping up a little bit now as we get closer to the end of the year knowing that the beginning of next year at some point uh, in the spring we're going to start seeing some new stories and whatnot kick off uh, that are going to kick off the the high republic so the first thing so i spoke last week about some there was a a a couple of the author uh, a couple of the authors for the upcoming um, the upcoming books uh, I've started to do little interviews here and there just trying to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of hype happening here and there I think it was um, Kevin Scott I spoke about his interview last time and Claudia Gray has also done an interview as well now we've got some more information so it was the start of the New York Comic Con virtual event the other day and we knew that High Republic panel was coming and and the uh alongside that they've also released which is very cool um a new opening crawl which is great so we had no idea this was happening i don't know where this is going to to appear i imagine it's going to appear in the very first book that's due out in the spring next year so yeah we knew that the uh, opening crawl was going to uh, feature somewhere based on this new news we just didn't know where it was going to appear so I'm guessing it's going to be the new, um, uh, the new, the first book, anyway. But this is great news because the opening crawl—it just feels very Star Warsy, doesn't it? I think uh, back in the day when George Lucas robbed it off of, um, I think it was the old, uh, was it Buck Rogers TV series? I think, yeah. Since then, it's already been sort of Star Wars has owned that um, <laughs> that that uh, sort of intro style. So we have the text for that now, which I'm going to read to you now, which is. The Galaxy is at peace, ruled by a glorious Republic and protected by the wise and noble Jedi Knights. As a symbol of all that is good, the Republic is about to launch Starlight Beacon into the far reaches of the Outer Rim. Uh, This new space station will serve as a ray of hope for all to see. But just as a magnificent renaissance spreads throughout the Republic, so there's a frightening new adversary. Now the Guardians of Peace and Justice must face a threat to themselves, the Galaxy, and the Force itself. Now, to me, that sets up a pretty huge sort of subject to tell stories, pretty much. I mean, it sounds like, just as we had with the the very first, when, they, when Project Luminous first transitioned over into what it's now known, its proper name, which is the High Republic, uh, we had some initial details there, and they did say the authors and the storybook... Um, the story group people did say that it's going to be quite a big, sprawling story. Loads of different locations, big, epic uh, storytelling and stuff. And this kind of lends itself to that. It it seems very much to uh, to lend itself to that big, kind of epic idea that the 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 Jedi are held in in high esteem throughout the galaxy, and they're launching this huge space station out into the outer rim. But then something it says a frightening new adversary is on the way so it sounds like a very cool a very cool um uh, story and it also moves away from that kind of political uh edge of storytelling that we've had throughout the the um especially the, uh, the original trilogy and the prequels where it was very much a case of You know, the Empire is doing this and the Trade Federation in the prequels and all that stuff. This seems to be just like the Jedi are doing this, basically. But there's this dark force approaching, which sounds very cool. Uh, So that was the opening crawl. And then over on Polygon, there's a really cool video over there where they uh, interviewed a bunch of the creators um, for the upcoming stories. And we got to know some of the characters a bit better. So the... um, the author justina island her book uh, the high republic a test of courage introduces uh, a new jedi um vanestra or rao um uh, who is a, a prodigy who has achieved the rank of jedi Knight at the age of 16 and she said that she's uh, she spent her entire life working towards being a knight and she's managed to get there ahead of her peers that gives her this idea of having a great responsibility at hand when we meet her that's really what she's fixated on living up to the idea of the jedi and then uh, two other authors um claudia gray and daniel older Uh, they're both they're also taking um a shot at some new padawan characters as well so another one wreath silas uh, is marooned in a place that has its own mysteries and dangers that he has to deal with with far away from his master uh, except claudia gray um and lula uh talisola is living the dream of any padawan traveling around the galaxy with yoda and a bunch of other jedi in training so that was uh, mark and i spoke about a very early comic book um uh, preview that we got uh, three or four weeks ago and that was about this particular character where basically she's on uh, travels with yoda and um yeah, uh, so that looks very, very cool. Uh, and uh, they go on to say, uh, Daniel Older says, they're almost on a gap year, uh, learning about the Force in the galaxy and what it means to be out in the world. Uh, and then we get um, some information on Kevin Scott's uh, comic series for Marvel uh, that will also feature an inexperienced Jedi called Keeve Trennis, uh, whose ideas about the future are uprooted by the Great Disaster. When she's assigned to a bustling space station instead of a lonely outpost he goes on to say that suddenly she finds herself with some uh, of the key jedi of the era the people she looks up to as heroes are now her peers and so she has to cope with that especially when she starts meeting some of the people that were involved in the great disaster and helped so many people in the great disaster so the this thing around the great disaster that's really kind of um i believe that's going to be like a, a, a big important um time stamp, if you like or a big event um that's that's gonna sp- uh, spawn a load of these different stories in the high republic um uh, journey i guess so which is very cool so i think that's something we're going to hear a lot about so you're probably going to hear uh, a lot of um uh, stories that with roads leading back to this thing around uh, around the Great Disaster. And then they also put some new concept art. Um, so we saw some new images for Avar Chris. Uh, we saw some new images for Keeve and also the ones we've already seen uh, for Yoda. So that was very cool. We got to see a few more details there around the High Republic, which was good. I'll, link, I'll put a link in the show notes to that um, to that panel that Polygon did with those guys. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, I just can't wait for, for these stories to kick off really, because I'm really enjoying like the very slow build up. We've not had any huge, uh, trailers or teasers or anything like that drop yet. All we've had is just the people that are working within Project Luminous and this new story group. Uh, we just had those guys you know, trickle-feeding out little bits of information, the odd bit of concept art and some interviews and stuff. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm really loving the this kind of build-up into this new big era of storytelling. And uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, Mark and I, we are looking forward to it, absolutely, but we're slightly hesitant around what they're going to do with the overall story and the characters because one of the things that we weren't too fond of and um, I'm sure a lot of you guys felt the same, is when we had the sequel trilogy rocking and rolling, it felt very much like some characters were there for the sake of just being there. Uh, Whereas the the OT, especially the original trilogy, and to an extent the prequels, the reason why they were so good, especially the OT, is because the characters were properly fleshed out and had a planned out journey and a vision for what they were going to do, whereas the sequel trilogy felt a bit meh. You know this feels just a little bit meta and a bit filler so it feels like these guys are on the ball with these new characters and it goes without saying that if this does well if like all these books do really well and all the comics and whatnot and you know this could this could end up being stuff that gets sort of elevated up to maybe disney plus storytelling may even be some feature films around this stuff or video games whatever so there's a lot riding on it for sure but um but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, fingers crossed, it's going to be a good old, uh, it's going to be a good old journey when it kicks off at next next spring. So there we go. That's all the news I've got for you guys. And I think I'm going to wrap there for episode 77. Spark of rebellion. Thank you so much for sticking with the show for another week. It's been great to have you back to hear me waffle about everything Star Wars. Uh, some great news for fans of Lego who are looking forward to the, uh, the Skywalker saga game. It's going to drop next year. We now know that your your little deluxe edition um, Luke Skywalker with the blue milk is, is definitely a thing in his little poly bag. So that looks good. We'll let you know what's happening with this Star Wars mystery gift box thing. That looks kind of cool. And in The Mandalorian Season 2, as if we didn't know already, <laughs> um, Rosario Dawson and Timothy Oliphant are now seemingly confirmed uh, to appear alongside the other cast, along with Sasha Banks uh, for Season 2. Star Wars Squadron's rocking and rolling. Uh, like I said, if you've got the opportunity to pick that up, then do so. It's a great little game, and uh, I'd love to hook up with you guys and play if you're on Xbox. Uh, so tweet us or whatever let me know if you're interested over on uh, yeah twitter or instagram whatever and i'll shoot you my xbox gamer tag, and we'll we'll do some gamage over there and the high republic is shaping up to be uh pretty cool we've had the opening crawl now which sounds great sets up the whole thing and these other these other characters are starting to look pretty good so until next week uh remember again to subscribe to our show in whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on or do a come over to the website uh, spark of you can listen to all of our shows there plus there are links off to our social accounts give us a like and a follow over there we're on instagram twitter and facebook and if you like the show and want to support us you can do that over on uh, patreon it's patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion you can jump on from one dollar upwards grab yourself some sparkle rebellion swag get yourself one of those funky little decal stickers put that on your laptop or wherever Uh, or go up to whatever um, tier you want. But we would love to have your support. Everything we make over there goes back into the show to make sure it sounds and is produced as well as it can be. And thank you so much to our current patrons too. Thank you so much for your continued support. And I know that a few of you guys have been with us since the beginning, so uh, thank you so much for that. And anyone that's jumped on recently, uh, I think Mark mentioned a couple of people a couple of weeks ago, Uh, it's great to have you on board. So um, thank you very much for that. I shall be back next week with Mark for episode 78. So we will see you then. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Stay safe and stay healthy. And may the force be with you always.